you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino the Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke, and I am here with... His cousin, Chad. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and to see what they're all about. As we always do, we always enjoy. And so something Chip mentioned, an idea that he had one time for a segment for us. Now Chip's like, wait, what? What was this segment? Um... <laughs> It would be called Tarantino Talks. And it would be about him talking about a movie that he said, you know, um, a movie that we find on the list that he's seen, that either I find a YouTube video or something. So this one was Quentin talking on Empire Magazine's podcast he did with Edgar Wright and uh, talking about movies, the movie that we did last week, Strong Room. Mm -hmm. So here's a little excerpt of him talking about that movie because... Our friend Snakeskin Jacket over there was like, "Did what did Quentin say about this?" So I said, "Well, I'll put it out there." But I think it's pretty much him just saying it was amazing because it was his first watch and he really loved it. So here it is. One that I I found that I really really thought was very interesting and has a really terrific ending, especially me talking about uh, British crime films where I don't like the ending, is this film called Strong Room. And it's from 1962. And it's directed by Vernon Swell, who also directed The Vampire Beast Craves Blood, which is actually the very first horror film I ever saw uh, theatrically. It wasn't theatrically, it was at a drive-in, but the first time I ever left the house to, my stepdad took me to a drive-in to see The Vampire Beast Craves Blood. Um, and Strong Room, it's uh, a bank robbery movie. And the whole idea is these three guys are going to, it's, it's a Friday, the bank is gonna be closed. There's a holiday on Monday. So the bank is gonna be closed until Tuesday. And so they're waiting to see everybody leave. They're gonna uh, break into the bank and they, they have all the tools they need to open, you know, to crack open the safe, you know, with a, uh, a blowtorch and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, they're, they're going to have, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to do it in about six hours, but everyone's gone. So, you know, easy enough for them to do. And no one's coming back until Tuesday. So uh, no one's going to know about it. Well, they go to the bank. However, the, the manager of the bank and his secretary are working late. So they're there. So that seems like that would be a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing because the manager has the keys to the vault. So they don't have to do any of that bullshit. They can just open up the vault and give them the money. And then they think, okay, so we'll just tie them up, leave them here, and somebody will event, you know, even if it's till Tuesday, well, they won't, they won't go to the bathroom, they won't be able to eat, but they'll be fine. But the cleaning crew, a couple of old British biddies, show up. <laughs> 
So they can't just tie them up and leave them there. The, 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 the cleaning crew will find them too soon and the cop's gonna be after their ass too quickly. So they take the manager and his secretary and they lock them in the vault. Now, they know that they're not gonna be able to survive till Tuesday. In fact, you find out later, they're not gonna be able to survive past midnight that night. It's still okay. They escape with the money. What they're gonna do, one of the guys is going to go like way far away from where they are, make a pay phone call on a pay phone, call up the cops, say, hey, look, they're in the vault. And in this phone booth, I'm leaving the keys to the vault so you can let them out. Sounds great. The guy goes to do, do that. He gets into an auto accident and dies. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so now the two robbers know that two people are in the vault and they're going to die. And nobody knows they're in there. So now they have to make a decision. Do they split or do they go back to the bank and actually have to crack the safe for real in order to get them out? Huh. That's a great fucking story. Who is it directed by? Vernon Swell, the Vampire Beast Craze Blood Guy. Again, on YouTube, easy to find. Also, we want to dedicate this episode to all the actors from the movie who have passed most recently, though, Gary Kent, who passed away on May 25th of 2023. He played Lansford in The Savage Seven. So I think Lansford was the guy that was trying to get them to get in a line to go get paid. Mm, like, yeah. he wasn't the main stunt guy that knew karate. I know karate. I know chair. <laughs> wow. Um, so, or however that was said. Um, so he wasn't that big guy, but he was the other guy. His yeah. name's Lansford. Anyway, he just passed away, which is crazy when you're looking at the ages of these guys and you're like, like 90 and 89, like you're like, holy shit. Um, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. After subscribing, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And now on with the show. We have no TV spot. I already played the theatrical trailer last week, so okay. uh, we'll just leave it with that. But Picked by Quentin Tarantino for the first QT Film Festival in Austin, Texas in 1997. Sweet. And my favorite tagline of this, there's a bunch, but my favorite is this one, quote, the roar of their pipes is their battle cry, the open road, their killing ground, end quote. Yeah. Nice. So it's like uh, very true. It's like uh, they're, and this movie's deeper than people like you look at it, you go, oh, it's a biker film. And then you watch it and you're like, no, there's layers to this. Like how we treat Indians, how the mm -hmm. Indians and uh, back in the war, you know, uh, cowboys and Indians, like all that stuff. And you're just like, holy shit. Yep. So what we're here to talk about, the Savage Seven in Italy, it was titled Violence Story, 1968. <laughs> The plot, a motorcycle gang terrorizes a Native American reservation until the gang's leader, Kissum, Adam Rourke, falls for waitress Marsha Littlehawk, Joanna Frank. The true group soon put aside their differences to team up against crooked Fillmore, Mel Berger, who employs Marsha and her brother, Johnny. And then there was more to that synopsis, but it kind of ruined it. So 
and it was a little different so i just took that off of the synopsis but uh, i wanted to put a different synopsis than what we had last week which was a motorcycle gang wreaks havoc on a you know yeah. indian reservation starring robert walker jr as johnny jo joanna frank as marcia did you see that she's also was in say anything she plays like a teacher or something, Miss somebody, maybe works at the place with her father. Gotcha. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, John Garwood as stud. Larry Bishop as joint. So he played Larry Gomez in Kill Bill Volume 2. Are you yeah. working next week? No, I don't think you are. Are you working tomorrow? <laughs> no, I don't think you are. In fact, fucking messing with your fucking money is all I can do. <laughs> you guys fucking don't understand. Uh, take off that shit kicker hat. Uh, Adam Rourke is kiss him. He's our main. Uh, he's our main biker guy. Uh, Max Julian as Gray Wolf. So you might know Max Julian from the Max. Max Julian, Carol Speed, Richard Pryor. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw it seven years ago. Uh, I don't, you know, what's on there is a woman with her titties hanging out. And you haven't bothered to check. You've just been looking at me. I know I'm good looking. Not as good yeah. as a pair of titties. It isn't white boy day, is it? That's right. Uh, Richard Anders is bull. I like him. He is a cool character. Uh, Charles Bale as Taggart. Mel Berger as Fillmore. And Penny Marshall as Tina. <laughs> yeah, Did that you, was awesome. Saw her in there? Yeah. Uh, written by Michael Fisher and Rosalind Ross. Directed by Richard Rush. So Richard Rush also directed Hell's Angels on Wheels, another one of these biker films. Uh, Freebie and the Bean, which is on our list. That's uh, James Caan and your guy, Al uh, Alan Arkin. Uh, the Stuntman and Color of Night with Bruce Willis. Ooh. He also co-wrote the screenplay for Air America. Oh, God. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was cool. And... Uh, you ready to get to some listener opinions? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. Pete at Grindhouse Database on Twitter wrote, quote, a pretty good biker film, but I wouldn't put it in my top 10 faves, end quote. Snakeskin Jacket on Twitter wrote, a vitalist masterpiece that also cautions against the excess of Wergild. 10 out of 10. Now, Chip. I wrote this down because I see the glazed look on your face. If you're like me, Chip, not too bright, you <laughs> might have to look this up. What is Weregild? Also known as Man Price, was a, a precept in some archaic legal codes whereby a monetary value was established for a person's life to be paid as a fine or as compensation compensatory damages to the person's family if that person was killed or injured by another. So that's oh, wow. like, I was like, oh, I learned something new today. Wear guild. Um, but that's like them being like, here, just take all your shit because you guys are being treated like shit. But also like, ah, it's such a good movie where my rating was up here. We'll talk mm -hmm. about it when we get to that. But I put it down a little, but I should probably put it up. But we'll talk about it. Anyway, mm. and now a word from our sponsor. 
Since 2007, Grindhouse Cinema Database has provided the online community with a fantastic one-stop resource for learning about the world of classic international exploitation and cult cinema. From the early days of 1930s and 40s cautionary films and roadshow movies to 50s and 60s drive-in classics through to the 1970s and 80s Grindhouse Fair, the GCDB has it all. The site also makes searching for movies simple for users with the easy-to-navigate, state-of-the-art media wiki design. Whether you're a lifelong film aficionado or completely new to these kinds of movies, it's a great place to go to research and discover an exciting, unique part of 20th century cinema history, conveniently located online at www.grindhousedatabase.com. Grindhouse Cinema Database where the action is all right so this movie starts out with this guy who's a white guy but he's i guess supposed to be indian just like max julian's supposed to be an indian but he's a yeah. black man yeah um but they're coming from work and then they meet with the motorcycle gang goes by they're like look indians and then they go by again and there's more indians and, yeah, well, and right away, it just starts with the stereotyping and the making yeah. fun because they see them. And they're like, well, don't worry. They only go after wagon trains. And I was yeah. just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of this, let's stop right now. I got something important to say that I was going to say in the beginning. You just reminded me of it. So have you heard about the French Connection? What's been going on with the French Connection? Yeah. So Disney bought Fox, mm -hmm. which owns the French Connection. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, so now they have went on, um, uh, wherever you stream the movie now, the, mm -hmm. uh, French connection, because it has Gene Hackman talking derogatory to people because mm -hmm. that's his character. Popeye Doyle was a piece of shit and yeah. racist and all this. That was part of the movie. Now they've changed that. Disney went and re-released the movie with not offensive stuff in it or whatever. Yeah. And so now that's changing the art form of that movie. That's making it something different. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy, Serial at Midnight, who talks about physical media, owning physical media, all this stuff. And he talks about, um, he talked about, which I agree with, at the beginning of Gone with the Wind, it comes up with a thing now and says, you know, the, the view's, shown here are not our views this was an old movie blah 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 kind of thing like yeah. here's what you're gonna see like be prepared just a disclaimer but, but then they go into something like splash and they make her hair longer to cover up her butt like that's messing with the art i think ron howard's like i'm okay with that but still like so now they're going into french connection changing this and now, like, so people were writing a serial midnight, midnight being like, well, good thing I own my physical media copy before they change it. And he's like, but that's not the point. The point is future audiences now are going to mm -hmm. see this French connection. They're not going to see the original French connection. They're going to see this change one. It's yeah. just like Disney did with, you know, I mean, George Lucas did in a way, too. But with the original Star Wars, all you can see now is a special special edition you can't see the original that you want to see anymore you know or unless you Spielberg, have the old Spielberg's flashlights instead of guns yeah. for et now that i'll defend that's my et motherfucker um no i defend that because 
Spielberg has said, if I could go back, I do feel bad about how I did that. I should have done it different. If I could ever go back, I would change it. And so when he changed it, that's how he sees that it should be, that they don't have guns. Because he was like, why would they have guns? My thing, though, is kind of like you and I talked on our old podcast about um, Stranger Things. You don't know what this girl's power is. Like, get a gun, get a nuke, whatever you need to take this girl down. Who knows what this alien might have some strange powers? Who knows? Exactly. Anyway, so that was that just a thing that's like, why would they not just put a disclaimer? Like, here you go, you know, like and and um, uh, William Friedkin hasn't said anything. You know, Criterion Channel hasn't mentioned anything. So, you know, who knows what it is? I'm hoping I'm hoping there's enough backlash where they just stop doing that where they just put that out but or at least make it to where when you go digital to go to it it, yeah it pops up with the option do you want to watch the original with the disclaimer or do you want to watch yeah here's the newer 2023 version or the 1971 version yeah it's like uh francis ford coppola with all of his uh apocalypse now you know all these 17 reissues of here's the director's (laughs) cut here's a final cut um we that's on our list but we're watching the original Cause that's what Quentin watched when he loved it. So anyway, so the Indian in the black hat, that's Max Julian. In case anybody's wondering, he's from the Mac. Uh, so in the beginning, they go into this diner, they're fucking with people, but I love the oatmeal scene when he's like, can I get some oatmeal? And she's like, and what I noticed about this waitress that she has your wife's eyes. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. I was like, hey, your own wife. I know your wife's eyes better. No, like, I don't know the way, like, not maybe her color or anything, but just the way her eyes were. I was like, oh, that looks like Chip's wife. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the oatmeal scene, like those. So they're all funny and they're fun. These bikers who, of course, are like, we don't give a shit. We take what we want, you know, like he says. But uh, but the main kiss them like really likes this waitress and he's like could i have she's like well you want more beer he's like actually i was thinking an omelet and she's like oh okay and then uh johnny comes in johnny's like why are you here you should be and she's like i'm working for somebody else because i have to be here because she'll be fired if i'm not here and they're like fine and it's all fillmore who's waiting for this town to be a big boom town and get rid of you know he's racist racist piece of shit um so they have this cool fight with Tanner and those guys. So Tanner is a big giant guy that like, I think he used to be a stuntman. I didn't look into his, his history, but he was in mm. the movie, the stuntman. And he seems like he's a stuntman cause he's doing all these stunts. Yeah. And that they're like, we need a big guy. Oh, this guy will work. Um, but I like how, so first Johnny and <clears throat> Johnny and Kissam are fighting. And then Tanner shows up and they're going to fight. And Kissam's like, I had him first. And they're like, no, we're going to fucking, you know, it's our turn. So Kissam's like, all right. So they all fight and beat him up and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh, when they're done, he's like, okay, now is it my turn? And then he hits him with one punch, knocks him down. And he's like, see, all you need to do is wait for me to finish. And he'd be, he'd be knocked out. Yeah. And, but it, 
it's a cool fight. It's a fun fight where, like I said, so Tanner shows up and goes, goes, I know karate. And that guy, <laughs> I know chair, however he says it. He hits it. it. Was bill. bill hits him with the chair. Or was a bull hits him bull, with the chair. Yeah. And um, and so you're like, awesome. And then you see just for a second when it cuts to the people watching, and there's Penny Marshall, and you're like, I was like, Oh, there she is. And then later when uh, I was watching a YouTube video of it was Dick Clark's hundred celebrities, whatever. So he had people like kind of rotating in. So he had David soul from your Salem's lot and my Starsky and Hutch had him on. And then he had Penny Marshall come on and Penny Marshall was like, I guess Dick Clark produced this movie, the mm -hmm. Savage seven. She was like, yeah, Why? that's what freaked me out. That was the first thing that popped up in like the, the credit thing that made me go, what the hell? <laughs> she was like she goes why would you hire me when i can't even act like why would you do that and he goes i thought you did fine mm -hmm. she's like and then they show her scene and she's like oh like rolling her eyes and he's like no you did fine she's like how would you have done that um i did want to say uh -huh. because we're talking about bull with the, the chair and everything yeah everything that he like those moments with him uh, mm -hmm. made me think of uh philip seymour hoffman oh yeah i could see that yeah yeah, that's funny. It was weird. I was just kind of like, I could see him playing this type of a part. Like they just have this, like, yeah, it was weird. Well, and it was it was fun where it didn't just show them as like these rowdy bikers, like a biker movie. It showed them more as like the way they are with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way like Bull, like when Bull's talking to um talking to Max Julian, and Max Julian's like, You have a good heart. I'm gonna give you this as a warrior medallion i'm giving this to you and he's like oh wow cool and then he wants to go show everybody yeah and so um which was cool because when he ran up when he ran up to uh kiss him the he was at first it seemed like he was going to respond to it like negatively but yeah. then he saw his face like how happy he was to have it that's cool yeah that's cool like he was yeah. kind of a, like you're fraternizing you're kind of getting a little too what is this kind of a thing yeah. and you could see that look but then he just kind of quickly changed like okay like like a big brother to a little brother kind of a moment of just like well you and know, then making you smile so well then not only so they have uh that's what else penny marshall's like i'm i play an indian like i'm native american like what the hell um but something else was that other girl that they're auctioning off and she ends up just going with him. She's happy. She's fine. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay. And then it seems like they're all taking turns with her. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh, but so then later but, when, which is funny because at first I would be a little bit like, you know, like what the yeah. hell? But then yeah. if you, if you've watched uh, enough of the, uh, uh, like it on the damn TV show, the, um, Happy days. <laughs> Fonzie, Fonzie does that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just, you know, passes him around. Um, no, the uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. Where they Never basically did the same thing. They all yeah. had old ladies. Yeah. Kind of a situation. They called them their old ladies, but they would still pass them around and stuff. And like these, some of these chicks. And I was just like, because even though they still had their own wives, yeah. there were certain girls that were just kind of like, barfly type women that basically they still passed around and it was fine like it was part of the code of this biker thing yeah. i'm sure going, what the fuck <laughs> like, hell no and that's what i like i forget when exactly it happened when when kiss girls like you know said some shit and he's like 
you guys want her like i'm done with her and the guy's like i'd rather have the chicken (laughs) it's hilarious because he's like give that chicken back um but there's a part and again so talking about penny marshall there's a part with larry bishop who like i said was kill bill he was the manager of the strip club um when he's talking about growing pot it's so reminding me of rory rory cochran from dazed and confused like where he's just like yeah and you put pot in the thing so then it's a potted plant it's plant of pot is uh and it's just so (laughs) funny of him just doing that but also um the other guy talking about penny marshall when that guy with the chicken whatever that then when he's making out with penny marshall and penny marshall's like wait do you respect me like am i like is this beneath me like what am i he's like no no of course i love you like yeah yeah what do you mean like and you're like oh hilarious but it's it's the thing that's really cool about this and you'll probably agree that so so the bikers come in johnny gets in a fight with them they have their fight then later they're camping out and johnny's talking to you know those other guys and he's like we need to go get our get our shit back and you know do something and so they put war paint on they put the fire out they show up they bring the fire back up have whatever they do and all of a sudden he's there and they're showing their faces and he's like he's like yeah scary huh and then they just leave and they're like they took our beer let's go get them and he's like nah it's fine yeah. And well, then, then he was more like he was like, uh, "Do you want to go out there and look for them?" Because yeah. nope, not yeah. a good idea. <laughs> and it was a respect thing that. So then, when it comes to them going into the store and telling, and he's telling uh, Marsha because he likes Marsha, and he's like, "Just take your shit." It starts with the kid with the candy. Yeah. He's like, "Kid keeps getting the candy," and and what's funny with that as a directing thing, whatever. I'm expecting the kid to take the candy that last time and he mm-hmm. still got caught. And he's like, and then finally he, you know, beats him up and tells the kid, go get the candy. Everybody come and get candy, free candy. And the kids run around. And I'm thinking this kid's telling everyone by the time he gets back, candy's going to be gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, poor kid. Um, So then everybody shows up to get food. Well, and that's what was cool because they turned to the lady and they go, so how do we get everybody's attention? And she's like, just ring the bell right outside. Yeah. They'll all come running. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. She's all for it. And the thing where Johnny shows up and you mm-hmm. think there's going to be a fight, Johnny shows up and he's like, you know, kiss him's like, get some stuff, get whatever you want. You know, he was messing with your sister. Da-da. Okay. And they go in and the, and the sister, Marsha is always like, you know, she's like, but what's going to happen when these guys leave? We're going to be charged for this shit or, you know, brought charges, whatever. Like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, but we need shoes for our brother. Like, let's get those. And then they end up just, OK, let's get food. And then the bikers are like, we found a truck. Let's put all the beer on it. <laughs> but they don't go get that truck. We got to get more food. And they're like, what if he finds out his beer? Uh, it'd be OK. And. And then, uh, and then does, uh, does, uh, what's his because name? Because that kind of screws him over when they send Johnny for the, for the yeah. truck. And yeah. He brings it back. That's when the cops show up. Yeah. They're all running and he's pulling yeah. up with the truck right when they're there and they're like, pull him out. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, and then, so then, yeah, the cops show up and there's, 
is that where he's like cops are there and they come back and the one cop, the one guy's in the cop car. He's like, help me, get me out of here. <laughs> and, and they're like, there's only three of them. Like we can fucking take them. And Fillmore. Is this when Fillmore's waiting inside? I feel they like I rushed through it, but I didn't rush through they it. They all took off. Right. And then they let go of one guy that got caught. He comes back to them and right. says, hey, he has a proposition for you. He wants to talk to you. Yeah. So that's when they go back to meet so that he can talk to Fillmore inside. And where he's he's talking Which to Marsh. I do have to point this out. Fillmore, uh, if anybody hasn't seen this movie, yeah. just think if you've ever seen Porky's. Yeah. That that's but, who it, it, it reminds this, me of. It's this guy. He well, reminded also, me uh, of Kingpin. I did. It reminds yeah. me of the Kingpin. Like, because kind of skipping in a little bit of a spoilery territory. Right. When we finally get a, get to actually see this guy fight, he's like the Kingpin throwing shit around, throwing yeah. the guy around, taking a yeah. table and slamming and stuff. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you just using his body, his belly to oh, like yeah. hit the Yeah, because he uses his belly to <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Well, and uh, what I noticed too was when he got out of the car, the first time you see him, you're like, oh, this guy's a big motherfucker. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. tall all of them are, but when he got out of that car, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, and all of his henchmen were like way shorter than him. Other yeah, than except for Roddy. except for Tanner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing with uh, with this movie where so first of all, back before when they're they're all now hanging out partying, but in the shanty town, and he goes to talk to Marsha. No, first they go out to the out to the desert, yeah. and she he starts going under a shirt and getting a little aggressive and she's like can't you just be gentle and he's just like fuck it gets on the bike and leaves her there yeah. and i'm like hopefully she's close to, close to her town and yeah. um then later when he goes into the to the trailer and he talks to her and he's like and this is after he's made the deal yeah you know with the guys so fillmore says uh get rid of them I want them all gone. I'll pay you each 75 bucks. You know, he goes 75 bucks each of us. And the guy goes, no, 65 or 60. And then he goes 65, whatever. And they make a deal. And so then he starts talking to Marsha. He's being gentle and he's being nice. And they go to bed and they have sex. And then the next day, um, what? Well, the whole deal was that if he agrees to drop all the charges. the town down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. he has to let go of not just the bikers, but uh, all the Native Americans, and everybody's free to go. Cops are sent on their way. Then they got to come back with more people, more bikers, to come yeah. and basically just destroy the whole town. Yeah. Yes. Because he wants Sorry. the land. Yeah. And you find out later on, yeah, the sister, that they're building a dam and stuff. Yeah. Because Kissam even says, like, what are you going to do with all your goods? How are you going to sell your goods if there's nobody here? And he's like, leave that to me. I'll deal with it myself. Leave it to me. I would deal with it myself. And you're like, oh, where'd Darth Vader come from? <laughs> and then, uh, so then when he wakes up, he realizes that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And he goes to make the deal, like any rom-com, goes to make the deal, to tell him, deal's off. And when he comes back, back, she's like, you made this deal. Is that fucking true? Bubba? And he's like, no, like, wait, like, don't you watch rom-coms? This is how it works. 
Damn um, it. Yeah. There's a, and, there's a packing order. There's a way that this has to work before you're supposed to. But get all this, this is why this is more. This is deeper where I can't even break into it. This mm-hmm. is deeper than any like biker film. It's not just like biker and fighting and blah, blah, blah. This is like about the way the Native Americans are treated. This mm-hmm. is the way the old wars were the you know how that was done like oh these people are different or they live in these towns or they drink they get drunk you know all the stereotypes yeah well and very much like the idea of because especially in the beginning you're really thinking this is going to more focus on johnny than anything then you start realizing it's about the leader of the bikers because of the fact that number one you see his kind of intimacy almost like when he's talking to bull like he because he talks about him kind of being a moron he goes yeah i've been a moron my whole life and he's like but that's okay like yeah like he's treating him yeah he he what he's a leader for a reason he knows yeah. how to treat his people he knows how to you know yeah and so it's be... almost like he's got a disabled brother kind of a situation yeah. like that he's taking care of yeah and then when he finally meets this girl you know he's had women before and they they, they yeah. all share these women order but it's like this is the one kind of a situation yeah so yeah, it's like a much deeper situation in this whole impact and i was just like yeah. wow the, i was not expecting that it's it's the it's that it's the thing of them like coming together at the store like being like we're going against the man like that's cool um but then it takes that turn when all of a sudden he's got the other gang that's coming they find out because he's told Fillmore, I'm done, not going to do it. Fillmore's like, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, the best actor in the world, this old Native American, walks up there and says, you killed and raped my daughter. I am going to kill you. And you're like, wow, that's really Stanislavski type acting. Um, <laughs> but no. So I saw that on the trailer and I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like, so when you see it on the trailer, you're thinking that that's what this movie is. Yeah. But then when this part comes up, you're like, what? Like, no, like that one girl, she was with him, but she kind of liked him. Like, is that the girl they're talking about? And you're confused a little. And then you're like, I want. And so me, I'm like, I wonder if that's Fillmore. I bet it's Fillmore. But part of you goes, what if there's a rogue guy out there that, you know, went and did that. So I'm like, oh, shit. And then when they're like, we can't find bull. And they're like, fucking bull killed the And then all of a sudden, bull is strung up. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. horrible and cut up and everything. And they're like, you know, here's the guy who did it, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, is it on Tanner that they find the necklace? Was Tanner yeah. wearing it? Yeah, because yeah. Uh, he basically blabs like immediately because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you, you need. Up. Yeah. So. Yeah, so then they go in. How does that happen? So, oh, so so now there's going to be a fight because they find the Native Americans are like, oh, bull killed killed and raped this woman. Fuck mm. these people. We got to kill them. And then, um, and then the bikers are like, they killed bull. Yeah. And so now they're going against them and it's all working out. Fillmore's just rubbing his hands together and like, I'm Thanos. Yeah, it, it's, yeah it's a typical, typical kind of bad guy scenario. Yeah. But of course, but 
then how is it like john is it johnny fighting tanner yeah johnny finds out about tanner and Mm -hmm. tanner of course you know like you said right away like yeah yeah he did fillmore did it Eh." so then they go and he goes to talk to kiss him and they're gonna fight and all this whole thing they're making up barricades they're bunch of cool fun little stunts that they're just like run through the fire do this do that yeah and and the little thing of kiss them trying to get the board yeah. like but making it a little difficult it yeah yeah they keep throwing it up and i'm thinking i'm i'm thinking they did that on purpose to make it look good you know yeah um but so so here's the other thing they're fighting and you're thinking it's just going to be a brawl just a fight outsider style but then yeah. it gets it gets serious outsiders crazy when one of the guys shoots at somebody, the other yeah. guy stabs a guy and you're like, Oh shit. I thought this was just going to be a bunch of damage and people with broken bones, but now they're killing each other. And then, and, it, it, then it goes even further when the guy finds dynamite and yeah, just decides, yeah. I'm going to climb this tower <laughs> yeah. and start tossing this. Yeah. Shit. A really high tower. I'm like, Holy shit. Um, but uh, so he's doing that. So then Johnny shows up and tells Kiss him, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I got this thing. Like, here's Tanner did it. Like, they killed Bull. Mm. Now, they can't spread that enough. They can't get that out. Yeah, because everybody's in such a brawl and fighting. They're already fighting. And Kiss him tells that other band, the other group that's more supremacist because they're wearing the Confederate whatever outfits or whatever it is. They're wearing the old hats from Civil War. And they're like, no, like, fuck it. We're already in this. We're going to. And you're like, and it's that thing of there was a movie called Doubt that Mm. was came out in 2010, whenever it was. And it was about how once you have doubt, it's just like if you busted a pillow on the roof and all the feathers went flying, you can't Mm. stop it. Like, that's it. And that's what this is like. Nobody you can't get to everybody to tell them they're all in their own little cliques of fighting. So then Johnny and Kissum go to talk to Fillmore. Oh, but first Tanner goes in there to tell him, hey, I told him. And Fillmore's just like, boom, shoots him dead. And he's like, he's like, he was telling everybody. Now, if he's dead, he can't tell anyone. And then all of a sudden, Johnny and Kissum show up. Oh, really? Couldn't hear what? Because we just heard everything and we know what you're doing. And so then was it was it Kissum and who was was it was Johnny fighting Fillmore? Yeah, because Johnny kind of came in and started from the side, right? So that Kissum could come from behind, tried to, yeah. but then yeah. the shots started ringing out, and he shot yeah, yeah. Johnny in the stomach. Oh yeah, shot, shot Johnny in the, in the stomach, and then shot Kissum in the leg, and then he takes he hit him with his belly, and then takes the table, and he's cornering him up against the the thing there with the with the table. And then that other guy. And again, these are made to be this reason on purpose. The guy grabs Mm -hmm. a Native American spear, Mm -hmm. one of the bikers, and throws that at him and kills our main bad guy with the Native American spear because the guy hates Native Americans. And now he got killed by the implement of a destruction for the people that you hate. And kills him. And then he dies. And then Johnny and kiss him. Johnny lives, right? No, Johnny, because everything is on fire and shit's going wrong. 
Donnie's already Richard. gut shot. Like right. he knows he's gonna die. So right, he basically right. just right. turns to kiss him and says, Go get my sister. Like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Go go take her. And that's basically how it ends, is him going to get her and them yeah. getting out yeah. of the middle of this whole hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> and and they have that conversation before Marsha and uh kiss him about like he's like, You live here, like when he was still thinking about tearing this down, like you live here, is it ever gonna be better? And she's like, Yeah, and that's when she tells him about the dam and her dreams and that's when he realizes oh like i'm one of the bad like i take what i want and that's what Fillmore does is take what he wants and yep. so yeah it's very cool there's more layers to this than a regular fucking biker film mm -hmm. it's uh really good i really liked it uh reviews here in a contemporary review for new york times critic richard f shepherd he wrote quote the movie is one continuous uproar of unmuffled motors and head cracking and emphasized cruelty from one and to another. It is colorful and technically competent, but completely cheap in its primitive, unique, uh, uninquiring, kick them in the groin sensationalism. Too serious to be lusty and too one note to be interesting. End quote. I disagree. I think this guy was just seeing what was on the surface. Yeah. And granted, when you go to the theater in 74 or in 68, and there's all these biker films, you're probably just lumping it in with all the other biker films. Yeah, and you were, you were inundated at that time. Yeah. With these biker films. Yeah. And where you would just, uh, I got to, I got to review this thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Another thing. Uh, it's directed well, but, uh, but yeah, there's so much more to it um before we get to our rating system in this movie did you see anything that tarantino might have liked or used in a film i could see the characters yeah because like you said you saw bishop as being kind of the you know rory cochran kind of a thing but i saw yeah. floyd kind of a thing oh like interesting yeah floyd is what yeah. i was kind of huh okay i could see yeah. that in a yeah very true i could see that um very good um our star rating system here is one to five five being the best uh i'll let chip go because last time i stepped on him and i went you go first and then i'm gonna up mine from what i was because i think i think that's right i say four um Awesome. I, I think some of the cinematography kind of i wasn't too happy with but overall mm -hmm. i think the 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 way that the story was done was very well made i just think that there were certain moments where it seemed like almost kind of like a where they just kind of let the actors do what they wanted kind of a yeah, thing yeah. And just a little improv a little too little. much yeah yeah you yeah. know in some points where it was just a little almost where the bikers themselves didn't seem they seem more childish like kids Mm -hmm. than anything yeah. and to a point where i was just kind of like, uh, that kind of turned me off in the beginning until we started getting into the meat yeah yeah of yeah the characters so yeah yeah i um i was gonna give it 3.5 which i did on letterbox but this time last time i didn't go back and up it because i was like no i think i'm good this one though i'm gonna go back and up it and erase 3.5 and make it four because yeah there's more to it than your regular you know I think that Hell's Angels on Wheels that I talked about, I think that's like your regular biker film, but this one has more to it. It's really good. Uh, I really liked it. I like that Adam O'Rourke or Adam O'Rourke guy. 
playing mm-hmm. kiss him uh he's cool um so would you buy this movie rent it or find it for free i would say rent it yeah because I, I i think at some point i would like to watch it again but i don't think i'd want to own it because i don't think i'm going to watch it a know, lot numerous right. times in the future i think yeah i think i think because of those layers to it yeah watching it a second time would be a good thing to notice yeah. thing maybe a little bit more yeah 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 i agree and i think almost like i think this copy was a good copy again mm. they had a lot of commercials not as many it didn't seem like as the other one um that we watched as strong room had a whole bunch um yeah. but yeah i think and it's one of those where if you had somebody that liked these kind of movies like so snakeskin jacket's been you know we're on a on a film buds uh we have our own little whatever you call it uh thing that we're chat thing what do you call those i'm so old a chat thing a chat group or whatever a film bud group on twitter and he's just like hey anybody see this savage seven is fucking amazing like you go you'll love it and you'll love it and he's like philip have you seen it yet and i'm like no i haven't seen it yet he's like i gotta watch it i'm like okay i find you saw it and he's like yeah fucking and so it's like you know he's like you know and and same thing where I'm hoping Pete will go revisit it and be like, oh, wait, I'm seeing more to it now than before. But yeah, way cool. Uh, way good. Way good. Is that a word? Um, you ready for, yeah. Uh, Phil's film favorite of the week. This one will surprise you, of course. Is that we said? Once? All right. Of course I want to know. I want to know uh, what, you, what you are loving. Wait, and you're saying this is going to surprise me? Uh, no, because we saw it in the theater. Um, okay. So the other day I'm at home and I'm trying to figure out what to watch. And I'm like, and so the other day on iTunes, they had this movie. It was five bucks. I'm like, oh, I should get this movie for five bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I go, I don't. But when I click on it on Apple, it says, oh, it's available on Amazon Prime. So I'm like, well, shit, I'll just watch it on Amazon Prime. I don't don't think I'll buy it. Rumble in the Bronx, 1995. <laughs> the nice. plot, no fear, no stuntman, no equal. Kyong comes from Hong Kong to visit New York for his uncle's wedding. His uncle runs a market in the Bronx, and Kyong offers to help out while uncle is on his honeymoon. During his stay in the Bronx, Kyong befriends a neighbor kid and beats up some neighborhood thugs who cause problems at the market. One of those petty thugs in the local gang stumbles into a criminal situation way over his head. So I gave this movie four, like the movie we just did. Oh, no, I gave it four and a half. I didn't give it quite five. But when you and I saw this in the theater, I swear it was you and I. um, Mm -hmm. It was we were I was looking at it takes 30 minutes for any fights to happen like he tries to stop the motorcycles from driving over all the cars in the on the street. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they're like, oh, that guy. And then they show up to the to the place to tear up the the uh, the market. And mm-hmm. that's when he's got the jacket thing where that guy goes to grab him and he throws his jacket off. And that guy's arms are like caught on his back and the guy can't yeah. get loose. And he keeps hitting the guy with his elbows. And he's like, apologize to her in Chinese. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. And um, and then it gets to the scene when he shows up. And I'm thinking this must have been a dream 
where usually Jackie Chan has to go, okay, where, where are we going to fight? We're fighting by a car. Okay. I can go in the car, out the sunroof. I can go around. I can do this. Now they're like, we're going to be in a warehouse. Oh, a warehouse. Could we have a pool table? Yeah. We have a pool table. Could we have some fridges? Could we have a shopping cart? Yeah. Let's throw a shopping cart in there. And then he can just be like, oh, now I got more things to work with. Okay. Let me throw this guy into the fridge and beat him up and throw the TV. They'll throw the TV at me and I'll dodge it. And you know, all this stuff. And then him jumping from that parking structure to that other landing. And you're like, holy shit. Like he really did that. And so when you and I were the, this was the first Jackie Chan movie for us to see. And all of a sudden I was like, I got to see more. And then I went on this whole fucking kick. Um, it was really good. Everybody it's on Amazon prime. What were you going to say? Which is weird. It's a cosmic coincidence type of situation because you bringing this up. I just read today that they were talking about Jackie Chan, you know, the cartoon Jackie mm-hmm. Chan's adventures or whatever it was called. Yeah. And the reason why it said like Jackie Chan um, guest starring on it was mm-hmm. because the actual person who did the voice of Jackie Chan wasn't Jackie Chan. <clears throat> I think I had heard that. Yeah, that's interesting because even in the movie movies, mm-hmm. he'll do the he'll do the uh, you know, his regular Chinese Mandarin Cantonese, whatever he speaks. I'm not sure which he'll do that dialogue, but then yeah. he'll also do all the dubbing in English, you know, he'll do all that himself. And so he's got a hand in all that. But then when it comes to a cartoon where he can make money, he's like, yeah, have somebody else do it. Yeah. And, and, and they basically were saying it was like a Facebook post or something, but they showed the guy, the actor that actually did the voice. Yeah. And he's actually known for other, you know, is it the spongebob guy no it's a uh, unfortunately it's a cabbage guy from like airbender oh, or something oh okay airbender cartoons cool. or something yeah. yeah that's good they got a good guy um okay you ready to tell them what's coming yep let's do it all right come back next week on june 16th for chip you're gonna be excited Uh, okay it's a movie called rio bravo from 1959 (laughs) one that we own the chip's actually seen this one i've seen this one um it is a fun one and a great one howard hawks directed uh john wayne dean martin ricky nelson um who's the old man walter brennan awesome A small town sheriff in the American West enlists the help of a disabled man, a drunk, and a young gunfighter in his efforts to hold in the jail the brother of the local bad guy. That sounds awesome. I love it. Um, So it's on, uh, you can rent it on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, Vudu, Redbox, all these places, or you could buy it on Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Vudu. And all that stuff. Um, unfortunately, I don't see anywhere where it's streaming right now, other than where you got to pay money. But hopefully, you guys all own it or something. But it's a great fucking movie. 
1959 really good i love that scene in the street in the beginning oh so good where ricky nelson's like oh so good um all right everybody so that'll be very exciting can't wait i'm excited chip's got a smile on his face for one not like what am i getting into he knows what he's getting into thing Um, is though people you're already there's already a spoiler because we already know the would you watch this for free rent it or buy it i've already bought this damn one yes yes (laughs) definitely buy this and uh spoiler alert john wayne might win in this one he only lost in two cowboys here's a spoiler he only lost in two cowboys and the shootest so um Mm, yeah yeah um yeah uh Still alive is um, oh, one second. Bruce Dern. He's the mm. only man who ever killed uh, John Wayne in a movie in the Cowboys. But anyway, nice. all right, everybody. Um, yes. So did I say I'm going to play you a trailer? Here's a trailer for Rio Bravo. Sweet. Yes, there'll never be another like Rio Bravo with its thundering story of raw courage against overwhelming odds and its once-in-a-lifetime combination of today's hottest star names. You've seen nothing like them together, and here at Rio Bravo, nothing can tear them apart. Not even a thank you do I get. Maybe you're right, Stumpy. Huh? You're a treasure. Where? <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without you. <laughs> well, I... Tired, aren't you, John T? I can fix you a nice hot bath. All I want is a drink. Then uh, this is all I can do for you. I told him you were one of the best. I'll tell you what I'm a lot better at, Mr. Wheeler. That's minding my own business. No offense, Sheriff. Where are you going? Get your hands off. I said, where are you going? You got no use for a man you can't depend on. One bad night and I'm done for. Better go easy on that stuff. That makes three you have. Yep. You'd be lying because that's what I am, a a soft-headed idiot. There isn't any other explanation for staying around here and inviting myself into this. Round the bend. Round the bend. She'll be waiting. She'll be waiting. My rifle, pony, and me. Oh, my rifle, my pony, and me. This has been one of the few peaceful scenes from the picture Rio Bravo with John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Walter Brennan here, and a new girl, Angie Dickinson. Tell him about Ricky Nelson. Oh, yeah, that's me. Come and see us. Thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making Tarantino. Goodbye. Bye.